Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Hello. Haven't done this for a while, have we? <laughs> we haven't. What, what an intro to a podcast. <laughs> Everyone listening's like, I've got pretty lax, haven't they, over the uh, over the old summer break? Well, as you know full well, we have not got lax over the summer break. You've had a full series of the contest of me to listen to, and then plenty of bonuses besides. Dan Shipton, the BFI podcast as well on Sunday. And the Liverpool bonus, of course. Uh, what, sorry, how could I forget the host city bonus? <laughs> the one you didn't do. I can see it's been erased from your memory already. The one you didn't turn up for, you've forgotten. If I'm not on the podcast, what's the point? It's what the <laughs> listeners say, and it's what I say in my own head. <laughs> anyway, we've got one final bonus today before we return next week, building up to your vision 2023. It fills me with both excitement and dread that from next Wednesday, we are here every single week until Don't say it. until early Don't May. Say it. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? It's come out of nowhere. It's up to come out of absolutely nowhere, doesn't it? I think we said it, do you remember, we said it every week on the contest and me, where we asked about the 2022 contest, where we said, it feels like two minutes ago, and yet a million years since as well at the same time. Now I can't quite accept that. Are we almost closer to Eurovision 2023 at this point? I don't know. We can't be. We can't be. I've said that and I'm almost certain I'm wrong immediately. As soon as I've said that, I'm like, no, not at all. That's definitely wrong. Although we know for sure that we aren't a million miles away from you giving everyone their favourite weekly countdown with its X number of days until... Oh, yes. <laughs> which which you're never quite sure about, which is very, very exciting. But yeah, we are doing something a little bit different today. As you can probably hear, um, we've pretty much run out of steam Consider this, <laughs> consider this the final dregs of the 2022 season, if you will. Um, but we're doing something a little bit different on the podcast today because we are delving into the Eurotrip archives themselves for a very special reason. 
for a very special reason indeed. And also, I feel like a very special reason that didn't quite occur to us sooner, as soon as we should have hoped for. I think it was only last week, Rob. Did that make sense? You're with me. You're with me. You realised that last week, Rob, that this month of this year is a very special anniversary. Correct. So, and this is confusing, but stick with us. So, yes, me and James started the Euro trip in August 2020 and therefore you're sat there or listening or wherever you are thinking right it's the two year and two month anniversary of the Eurotrip that doesn't (laughs) seem particularly special however as we will learn in today's episode the Eurotrip first started life on student radio in October 2012 which is terrifying which means 10 years ago this month. It's the 10-year anniversary. The 10-year anniversary of the original Eurotrip. So what we thought we'd do on today's episode, me and James are just going to hang out, basically, and I hope you can do the same. Just, you know, relax, enjoy today's episode, because what we're doing is we are going back in time. We are going through the vault of the Eurotrip and playing, I was going to say some of the best moments, best is stretching the definition, (laughs) I would say. Um, these are some things that I've found lurking in the recesses of my laptop, which I thought had seen better days, but I thought I'd, uh, I'd get them out here for today's podcast. But yes, would you like to know, James, and I feel like this is the best place to start. What do you think was number one on the day of the first ever Euro trip? So this was on student radio. So I was a student at Nottingham Trent University here in the UK. I was about to enter my second year, or rather had just entered my second year. I'd somehow managed to persuade people that there should be a show called The Eurotrip. What was the very first, what was number one at the time? Oh, so October 2012. Who was big in 2012? Was, um, you put my UK pop music knowledge to the test. Now you're going to find out I know very little about it. Well, you were probably about eight years old, weren't you? What was I? At 2012, I was 16. So not as not as young as you think. Um, so I'm going to guess, I don't know, maybe somebody like Rihanna. Was Rihanna number one? On I can see your face. Your face is sort of lit up as if I'm almost correct. No, I'm just, that's an excellent guess. Um, would you like the top 10? I'll give you the top 10. Go on then. Number 10, Hall of Fame, the script featuring Will I Am. Number nine, I Cry, Flow Rider. No idea. Uh, <laughs> number eight, Connor Maynard and Neo. Oh, that stinks around. of 2012, doesn't it? Does it? <laughs> oh, it's going to be reeking by the end of the, this chart. <laughs> uh, number seven, new entry, Leona Lewis and child, Childish Gambino with Trouble. Wow. And then this, this this is where we really, really get into it. Uh, number six, One Direction, Live While We're Young. Oh, tremendous. Number five, Ellie Golding, Anything Could Happen. Number four, Rihanna with diamonds. That was the exact thing I was thinking of as well. Yeah, that was, of course, a previous number one, down two places. And then (laughs) we have Psy, Gangnam Style at number three. (laughs) Oh my goodness, wow, what a time machine we're in here. Just knocked off the top, Adele and Skyfall. Wow. And number one. And brilliantly, this has a Eurovision connection. I was wondering why we we're going to do the full top 10 rundown. I was wondering if it had a, a Eurovision connection. Number one in the week of the very first Eurotrip. Swedish House Mafia. Ah. Don't you worry, child. 
Incredible. So there was a there was a reason for going through that entire top ten then. Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, we're, we're <laughs> listening to it. We're listening to it now. But yeah, of course, Swedish House Mafia. For those of you that don't know, Eurovision Connection because they were involved in the opening of the final in 2016. And also, I'm going to say something here and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't one of them related to Benjamin and Grosso? Yes, yes, I think you're right. Isn't that true? Should we look it up before we, we commit to also agreeing to that? No, because it'll fit with the haphazard nature of the rest of this podcast. Okay, so no. let's roll with it. Let's roll with it. Absolutely true. <laughs> Feel free to tell us if we are right or wrong at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Right. We are, however, going to go back. We're going to go back, back, back even further because before we get into the meat of the Eurotrip, I thought the funniest thing I could possibly do is play you my very first appearance on student radio. Whatever. So, ever. Oh my goodness. Your your first foray into broadcasting. This is it, yeah. It was it was well, I was gonna say it was downhill from here. It was very much uphill from here, <laughs> as you will hear in a moment. So I wanted to do something to do with radio and broadcasting. Podcasts weren't even really a thing in 2012. <laughs> Couldn't even imagine that this would be something I would I would be able to do. So when I got to university, I was like, oh, maybe I'll join the student radio station. I remember being at the Freshers' Fair, and James, you'll appreciate this. I walked up to the live broadcast that I didn't know was live broadcast at the time and oh, tried no. to tried to to you know prompt a conversation, which as you can imagine didn't go down very well because they were <laughs> on air. Something that I later discovered, but. Yeah, eventually I managed to get them to agree to sort of let me on air. And the very first thing I did was a sports report. Okay, okay. Please tell me we get to hear that, please. Yes, we will. Right, so let me just set the scene for you. Uh, This is a Saturday afternoon. I recorded this in my university halls after watching the Trent University hockey team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if I remember rightly, it wasn't even the Trent Firsts hockey team. It was one of their reserves teams. <laughs> and I, because of my love of radio, had spent my Saturday afternoon doing that when everyone else at uni was doing something far more exciting. Shall we have a listen? Let's. Trent took on Nottingham Uni on the hockey field on Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> oh my the team was able to claim local <laughs> bragging rights after the match ended in a one-all draw. Trent second. Tell me that isn't the worst thing you've ever heard. I feel I'm getting second-hand embarrassment. (laughs) So that was in 2011. That's when I started uni. So that's 2011. And this is, honestly, my, like, glands are, like, flaring up in my neck. That is, it's awful. Sorry, tell me you're just sitting on on the bed in student halls just recording it into your phone like this. That's exactly what happened. And also, what... Also, what's worse now, looking back on it, I think that was probably attempt number eight or nine. (laughs) So in my head at the time, there were, you know, seven or eight versions that were worse than that. (laughs) Well, honestly, I am amazed you've shared that with us because I can tell you for a fine fact, I will not be sharing my first foray into (laughs) student radio with you. (laughs) Oh, right. Well, let's move along then. So that was 2011. And then the Eurotrip, as we all know, finally begins life in 2012. Very, very exciting. Now I have some very bad news for you, James, which is nothing exists of the Eurotrip in 2012. Ah, oh, that's what we all tune in for. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing at all. 
But I do have my first appearance on the return of the Euro trip in 2013. So would you like to have a listen to that? And would you like to hear the very unnecessarily dramatic way I decided to start the show? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> I did. A very, very good evening to you. They said is it that you? couldn't be done. What do you mean, is that but me? But at six minutes past nine on November the 24th, I mean, as you can hear, a lot's happened in the space of two years. Rob Lilly's Euro trip is on. He's on! <laughs> the next hour, I bring you the best and biggest songs from across the European continent. We've got my emerging star, the person from Europe, the artist that I think will be huge in the UK chart. Who is it? Really, really soon. I've got Whose Country Is It Anyway? A featured country this week. I'll play plenty of music from them. And I've got my featured <laughs> artist. There's only one Ooh, place to start the show today, though. Oh. It's time for the biggest song almost around the world. Almost. <laughs> European in its origin. From Norway. I think you know which one it is. It's Yildiz no. and the Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that's not the most perfect song that it could possibly have been. I think you know which one it is. I think if I was in 2013, I probably would have done. But wow, what a throwback that was. What a, what a great open to the show. And would you have thought that nine years later... Our, well, we would be on a podcast trying to guess whether or not they were dressing up as wolves at exactly. the Eurovision Song Contest. Exactly. It comes full circle yet again. Wow. That was... Oh, I should go into full radio mode, shouldn't I? Great first link there. Great menu. Loved what you were teasing ahead to there, Rob. Loved it. Loved it. Thanks very much, Simon Cowell. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you may have noticed there's not a lot of Eurovision in any yeah. of this at the moment and that's because in my first few years at uni I was trying to be really cool and basically the Euro trip was the home of European music so ah. all the biggest hits from around Europe hence why you ended up with Yilvis there. I imagine when you were younger when you always guess when you were in university it wasn't necessarily cool to say you were a Eurovision fan am I right? You are correct. You are correct. Obviously, you know, now fully, fully out and proud. But back then, <laughs> you know, well, and also let's let's have a look at the the landscape in which the Euro trip was formed. Just before my very first show, I say just before, obviously a few months before, Engelbert Humperdinck <laughs> had just represented the United Kingdom at the Eurovision Song Contest. So things weren't that good. No. Were they? No, no, I get you. I get you. Please tell me, please tell me you've got some more clips to play because I, I'll let you into a secret, listeners. Well, it's not a secret. I've got no idea what we're going to listen to today. I'm, I'm, it's all a surprise to me as it is to you. So out of the ashes of that horrible um, UK Eurovision world that existed in the early, early 2010s there came the Euro trip. So you've heard... My first link there in 2013. You've heard my very first link on student radio, the very first appearance back in, in 2011. We've heard what was number one when the show started in 2012. Now we're going to move on. We're going to move to 2015. And this is an important landmark in the history of the Euro trip because, James, I don't want to make it sound like I have cheated on you in the past, but were you aware that the Euro trip was a podcast before the podcast that we share? Ah. What? So there was a there was a there was a gap between student radio Eurotrip and podcast you and I Eurotrip. 
there was, and I don't like to talk about it very much, and that's why <laughs> these clips have stayed in the dark recesses of my laptop. <laughs> so in 2015, I thought it would be a really good idea to start a podcast that was still, I must add, focused on the very best European music with a little bit of Eurovision. <laughs> and the trip came back, and it was on a website called Mixcloud. I don't even know anything oh. about. Yeah, I don't know if you know anything about Mixcloud, anyone. But I think these episodes got upwards of about twenty listeners, maybe. Impressive, <laughs> impressive. So now this is where it gets exciting. Would you like to hear my very first link on the reborn Eurotrip in inverted commas podcast on Mixcloud? in 2015, which features, by the way, a very jazzy intro, which is far jazzy than the intro that we have even now. <laughs> you know fine well I do. Let's have a listen. Thank you very much for pressing play and welcome to my brand new podcast. So this is going to be your source of brand new Sound European a bit more music. like you. And seeing as you've probably Thanks. tuned in for that and uh, not me, should we get going then? Go on. It's time for the Euro trip. So you think you know Europe? Think again. One continent. Oh, that's jazzy! Isn't it? I like as well how you sort of retained one of your, your classic lines, which is, shall we get on with it? It's time for the Euro trip. That's, that still remains today. Still remains today. Yeah, I mean, it just proves how unoriginal I am as a presenter, basically, <laughs> I think. Would you like to know what the very first song was that was played on the brand new Euro trip in inverted commas podcast, not podcast? Let me tell you, I bet it wasn't a Eurovision song. I bet you was just European. You'd be very, very correct in that assumption. Should we have a listen? Let's do it. It's a bit of a trendy number from Robin Schultz. Uh... It is. Should I recognise it? I don't think I do. I don't know. I mean, as the... 15 listeners that listened to the Eurotrip at the time will know not a, not many of the songs were particularly popular, I don't think. Because that was who I was. I was edgy and I was cool and I was bringing brand new European music to the listeners. Anyway, we'll say goodbye to Robin Schultz there. <laughs> Robin Schultz and Jasmine Thompson, uh, if I remember correctly. Wonder whatever happened to her. Now, you'll be very pleased to hear, from this point onwards, it is Eurovision through and through. Does that make you a little bit excited? Yeah, the sighs of relief are, are very, very vocal. Uh, yeah, let's get into some more of these then. Right, so... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to play a clip of me introducing Electro Velvet, but I am so dismissive that I don't think it's right. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Electro Velvet uh, being, being the UK's entry at Eurovision in 2015, as you will know. However, uh, would you like to hear some of my episode where I look ahead to the Junior Eurovision Song Contest of 2015. Yes, please. And the main feedback I have for myself here is, why am I apparently in a cupboard? Well, this is all very exciting then, isn't it? Welcome along to the Junior Eurovision special of the Eurotrip. In just a second, we'll be looking <laughs> ahead to this year's contest. But to kickstart things, let's have the anthem. Oh. It's from last year's... The anthem. One third of them, at least. Love an anthem. It's Chrissia Todorova with Discover. <laughs> and what is Chrissia Todorova doing with herself these days is the question that everyone asks. <laughs> Tell me you've got the answer, or am I just going to talk about the fact that you sounded like you were recording that in a hospital corridor? 
yeah, which would have been a funny place to watch the Junior Eurovision Song Contest that year, I guess. But yeah, not some of my finest broadcast work, I would say. Not quite. At least you can ag- admit that, you know. And you said it was, um, you said it was upwards from the beginning. Maybe there was some little dips and troughs. They're the same thing. You know what I mean? What are they called? Peaks and troughs. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Quick uh, pop quiz: Who won the Junior Eurovision Song Contest of 2015? Oh, uh, usually Malta, isn't it? Let's say Malta. It is usually Malta, and you're all you're almost right. You're half right. Malta won, obviously. Uh, but who won for Malta? You can get this. Come on. Uh, it must have been Destiny. It was Destiny. Eurovision Eliminator Destiny. You're a friend of the Eurotrip <laughs> podcast. I say you've spoken to her once and she was on the podcast for about 10 minutes. But that makes her a Indeed. friend of the Eurotrip podcast. Still a friend. Still a friend. Still a friend. Uh, we move forward to 2016. Now, are you ready for this? Because old Rob over here, Eurovision fan that he is, has a tip. The Who Could Win Melody Festivalen. Well, so we've heard the new track from them and also the new track from French DJ Martin Solvig. But now, time for my favourite brand new track from the European continent this week. Now, this is from Melody Festivalen, of course, the Swedish song selection for Eurovision. But I think this song is pretty awesome in its own Pretty life. awesome. From Dean and R, it's called Make Me a La La La. <laughs> And I think it sounds a little bit like what Cascada used to <laughs> back in her sort of early days. It's great. It's Have you heard me try and pretend like I know about music? Sounds a bit like Cascada in her early days. Like, who do I think I am? It's absolutely brilliant. What on earth was that? What on earth was that? A club classic in the near future. Were you, were you right when you backed that claim up? Dina Nar sent some bangers to Melfest. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think I heard it in a nightclub, no. But I stand by the fact it's a banger. It is. That's true. That is true. Uh, now, here comes some of my favourite, uh, some of my favourite bits, and I think this may be your favourite bit uh, on today's episode. Of course, James, you may remember what happened in 2016. You may remember that in 2016, the United Kingdom decided to hold their first national final for a very long time. Yes, absolutely. Now, I thought what we do here is give me and you and the listeners a break from us. And it's the next round, if you want, of this quiz that I've just come up with. Because what we are going to do here is we are going to play the six that were battling it out to represent the United Kingdom at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2016. So we'll be back shortly. We'll be back after this. How many of these can you name? 12 points. If you can get the artist and the song, it's like the one second songs back. 12, 12 <laughs> points if you can get both the artist and the song. Let's have a listen. Any idea? No idea. <laughs> second one. No idea. <laughs> nah, you're going to kick yourself. Am I? I'm Facebook friends with him. This is... I do know his name. Third one. Can we appreciate the awful uh, transitions between... The... It's quite sudden, it's isn't it? Say. Yeah. <laughs> no idea about this one. Oh. Very sudden. 
At least we're learning one thing, is that my knowledge of the UK national final in 2016 is very, very poor. Yeah, where was this in your documentary? Looking at the UK's <laughs> 25 years since their last one. <laughs> oh, I know this one. This is the one I know. <laughs> Right, would you like the uh, would you like the answers to the quiz in summary? Yes, please, let's go for it. I did I remember one of the artist names, which cool. I think well I'll what, come back. Joe and Jake. No, well, I remember Joe and Jake, obviously, and then I think the other one of the other guys was called Carl William Lund. You'd be correct. Yep. So yes. that Carl William Lund with Miracle. See well you didn't even say you're not alone, so you're gonna get two points unless you tell me that. <laughs> So yeah, uh, you heard first uh, Dulcimer with When You Go. After after that, it was uh, Carl William Lund with uh, Miracle. Uh, following on from him, it was Matthew James with A Better Man. Uh, and then after that, you had Bianca, Shine a Little Light. Do you want to know what Bianca does with herself these days? Well, she does more than this, but what she's recently been up to. Go on. Uh, she's been supporting... Uh, I've forgotten his name. What's his name? Old fella. Scottish. Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. <laughs> she's, been, she's been a backing singer for Rod Stewart on his most recent oh, wow. tour. Yeah. Found that out the other day. And uh, and Darlene. Uh, Until Tomorrow. And then obviously Joe and Jake. I seem to remember going into that final that Darlene were my favourites. And I was gutted that they didn't win. Did you attend that national final? Well, James, I'm pleased you've asked, because what else was special <laughs> about the UK's Eurovision selection in 2016 is because, technically, it was the very first time we took the Eurotrip on the road. It was the first ever Eurotrip's Eurotrip. It was the first ever Eurotrip's Eurotrip, and we didn't go very far, because we were still in <laughs> London, obviously. Now, it was at the Kentish Town Forum, yeah. like, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That sounds about right. Anyway, so uh, I took the show on the road. Uh, do you want to have a listen? Let's do it. Let's go. Oh, right, windy. So we're here outside the uh, UK <laughs> production values are quite tight. By uh, Kieran and uh, Rob, guys. Ah, oh, Kieran and Rob, of course. Uh, we're yeah, from, you know, Kieran uh, and Rob. Fairham in Hampshire. So this, this is, is, uh, this is the queue. Very nice. So uh, when did you go? Ah. Well, how long have you been here? Oh, well, we've been in. Well, we've been <laughs> in. An aggressive London question. Since, uh, how long have you been here? Twelve <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, we drove up and um, basically spent the day walking around Chinatown. Very nice land. Still asking about food, but then. Lovely day. No Eurovision so far. Being at work. Of course, of course. Right, the big question then: Who do you want to win? It's between two with me. It's either Darlene or oh. Carl William Lund. Yes, I think it's the same for me, and I like Bianca as well. So. Still no mention of George. George. <laughs> <laughs> wow, interesting. So you were on the road. You were doing some interviews. It's uh, you know, it's the same formula as as it is now. Well, absolutely, very similar. I'm sure listeners will think, yeah, the, <laughs> what you were doing then, very similar to what you do now. I mean, it was a little bit because I did ask them, I think, what they did for their lunch. So it was nice. It was nice <laughs> that that came up. Um, shortly after, then I said, so who are you most looking forward to seeing? And they went, Mons. Because <laughs> I think Mons was performing that night, which, to be fair, makes a lot of sense. Um, would you like to move on to the Eurotrips? 
second ever road trip. Now tell me, I'm trying to do the maths in my head here. This must be the very famous trip abroad that you always used to mention. Now, it is the trip that I'm sure you've all been hoping to hear some of at some point in your lives. Ever since you started listening to me and James on the Euro trip, and ever since I started to mention my time at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in Belarus in 2018. There it is. That's where we're going, everyone. <laughs> that is where we're going. And this is how I kicked off my coverage. Join Rob Lilly live from Belarus for the 16th Junior Eurovision Song Contest. This is the Euro Trip. I love Belarus, got to I love Belarus, Great production value, check that out. And I feel like we need to get that guy that used to do that back back on and involved in what we do now. I know, yeah. Yes, please. It, it sounds a lot more professional back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I made that Natalia Gordienko sweeper that we play now all by myself. <laughs> How very day. But uh, yeah, I mean, slightly problematic now, obviously, playing the song I Love Belarus, given everything that's happened since then. Anyway, back in 2018, it was less problematic. Should we just say mm. that? And you, and it's safe to say that was your first ever abroad trip of the Euro trip. So it, it holds a very special memory, doesn't it? Exactly. And probably, I think it's probably safe to say the last ever time that we will take the Euro trip to Belarus. I don't think it's likely to go back. That's for sure. Well, I'm hoping. Let's move on then. And I thought it was only right at the time to bring the upwards of 15 listeners a little <laughs> insight into what life was like in Minsk. Now, you're going to hear from me. And you are also going to hear from a man called Sam. Now, <gasps> yeah, regular listeners or early adopters of mine and James's beautifully formed Euro trip from 2020 will remember Sam, or you may remember Sam, as the voice of the European quiz. Remember the European quiz? Wow, what a throwback. Yeah, also, should we also take this opportunity for, I imagine, the very first time on the Euro trip to do a public thank you to Sam for all of his incredible work. You see it all the time, but he never gets the thanks. All of those lovely graphics you see on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> that lovely picture of the Eurotrip logo you can see on your podcast player right now. All of that is Sam. And we've never said thanks publicly. So Sam, thank you so much. No, James, you are very right to thank Sam. He's responsible for so much brilliant stuff that we do, and we've never said thank you. So thank you to Sam. And it's remarkable that Sam is still in our lives, given that I had to spend a long weekend in Belarus with him. <laughs> so anyway, that's what we were saying. So you're going to hear from me, you're going to hear from Sam, and this is what happened when we took the podcast out and about. Live from Belarus, this is the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Bonsoir, oh, wow. Europe. So we've now moved outside. Bonsoir. It's not as cold as it looks. Yeah, the, the bonsoir doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Things a little bit warmer <laughs> here in Belarus and here in Minsk. It was as cold as it we looks, I guarantee. It was cool. Square. Now this is very, very grand. Got two I also forgot my thermals that weekend. One, which oh no, what a weekend to forget them. Which is this dark grey, almost box-like structure. That's the... TV screen that you can Ooh, sounds busy. It was one yeah. screen. It was a it was a big TV screen. No people. On the far corner, <laughs> you've got this lovely ornate Art Deco building with pillars and also a huge number of uh, Belarusian uh, Fun facts about Belarus: well. you Christmas weren't allowed to take a photo that had a flag in it, so otherwise you might end up in jail. As well, of course. Oh no! Now, my buddy, for the week, 
the weekend. We've your buddy for the weekend. Buddy for the week. Now, not quite sick of each buddy for yet, life. Thankfully, still here. Our time together <laughs> almost at an end because it's the Sunday of Junior Eurovision weekend. The final is later. Sam, how are you finding Minsk? How are you finding Belarus? What a weird place, eh? You might not be sick of me. I'm not sick of you. A little on air here. Sick of you. You have been singing "Light Up" endlessly all week. Light up. Did say at the start of this podcast, I love an anthem. There we go. What what an city this is. I mean, everyone is kind of happy here, but (laughs) it feels very cold. Not cold in the weather, but cold in the in the place. Yeah, it's everything was grey. Everything is quite grey. The sky is very grey all of the time. The sun doesn't rise until about nine a.m., which is all a bit strange. And then you've not been particularly positive, Cyril. I mean, I wouldn't put it on top of your bucket list. Put it that way. Six lanes of traffic. The cars are weird, aren't they? Because you've there, got there goes the screen some again. Modern cars, but then some very old cars. There seems to be no mix and match, and also the buses. Let's talk about the buses. It's it's a van. <laughs> Come on then, no, let's talk about the buses. <laughs> And you took the Metro a little bit earlier on this week. Tell us all about that. That's a delight. You you expect the Metro to be some kind of ex-Soviet glory. And when you get down there... I don't think I ever expected the Metro to be that. It's like you're walking into a basement. It's not very low, like London. It's um, it's it's just below ground level. Um, trains aren't, aren't very frequent. It's, it's an odd Metro. It's an odd city full stop, to be honest. All of the tourist spots are kind of empty all of the time because there aren't many tourists here, really. In fact, most of the city feels kind of empty. And back to the Metro very quickly. Instead of a ticket, you got a... Purple token. Purple token. It's a, a plastic circle, isn't it? And you've still got it. Yeah, I'll bring it back. <laughs> Uh, this message was brought to you by the Minsk Tourist Board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So there you are. A little insight into life in Minsk in Belarus. Uh, that episode, I genuinely think, featured about 45 minutes of me and Sam walking around Minsk talking about how grey and cold it was. Well, I'm sure the 20 listeners were, were so, so interested in it all. It's still out there, everyone, by the way. Maybe, maybe I'll put a link to that episode of the Eurotrip on Mixcloud in the show notes of today's podcast. Maybe I'll do that for you. A little bonus, a bonus bonus. Wow. Well, before you go and click that, I'm sure, have you got, there must be one or two more clips. Just got two more. We've just got two more because you will obviously realise we are almost up to present day. But I want to bring you my last clip from Belarus. And we are going to get serious now on this look back through the history of the Eurotrip. Because this man is a man called Dennis. He is called Dennis Dodonsky. And Dennis was responsible for the press conferences at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, He was one of the most well-known Belarusian TV presenters. And as you will hear, a thoroughly lovely man to have a conversation with. He was very fun. He was great with the kids at the Junior Contest. But I wanted to include it because you may remember in Belarus... Not that long ago, there were huge protests after Belarus, of course, held their election, which observers around the world rightly uh, say was was rigged. And there were protests from from people. Navi Band, I think, James, they were involved in some of the protests <laughs> as well. Yeah. 
and uh, and Val, I think as well, who was supposed to be heading to to the Eurovision Song Contest in 2020. Well, this fellow that you're going to hear from here, Denis Dodonsky, he was arrested because he was one of the only presenters on Belarusian state television that took the decision to protest the government. Now, isn't that remarkable? Oh, wow. And you chatted to him when you were in Belarus? Chatted to him when we were in Belarus in 2018. And I just wanted to bring this to you now because he was such a lovely fella and still is, by the way. As far as I'm aware, he's he was released from prison and he is still in Belarus. But a lovely man. And I hope that comes across in this chat. It's hard to explain. It's something uh, somewhere very deep inside. All these feelings, and maybe in three or four or five days or a week, I can explain for myself what what has happened here. Now, it's super. It's wow. It's marvelous, brilliant, spectacular. Uh, all these adjectives. I feel myself a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mary Poppins, uh-huh. Carlson, uh, uh, Mumitrol, uh-huh. something like this. Yeah. Uh, they made me really happy. <laughs> he does sound delightful. He was a lovely man. Um, I'm, I'm going to reflect on my own performance in that. Um, well, Dennis, of course, with his, I think he was presumably just describing this podcast. Uh, super wow brilliance, I think was his description. <laughs> um, and then when he describes himself as Mary Poppins, I go, uh-huh. And then he describes himself <laughs> as something called Mummy troll? I don't know what mummy troll is. Is that, <laughs> is that is that some sort of Belarusian kids TV thing? I don't know. And I still just stand there and I go, uh huh. <laughs> I don't know what it is, do I? I don't know. Anyway, Dennis Dodonsky there. Thank you, Dennis, for for chatting to us back then, and uh, all of our love to uh, to you from us here on the Euro trip. James, it's almost time for us to say goodbye. And I'm sure everyone's delighted after this quite rambly look back through the history of <laughs> the early days of the Euro trip before, thankfully, you saved me, quite frankly. And <laughs> I'm sure the listeners are very, very grateful that it doesn't sound like it used to. Uh, a reminder, a link in the description if you want to hear my tour of Minsk. Which won't make a lot of sense out of context. I think we're touring Minsk and then we're previewing the Junior Eurovision Song Contest final in 2018. <laughs> so anyway, enjoy some of that as well. Uh, but James, I thought the last clip we should uh, we should probably play is mine and yours very first, very first it's opening. Not. Oh no, I don't listen. I've, I've enjoyed the rest of it. This is the only part that I really don't want to listen to. Yeah, this is this is our very first episode. So this is August 2020. This is what we sounded like when it came on the air. Let's have a listen. Let the dance macabre begin. The old intro. The old intro. Can we project how slow this sounds as well? I'm sure we've sped it up. It's making me feel all nostalgic. I'm very nervous. Are you? Yeah, I'm very nervous for the next part, though. I've I've never, ever listened back to the first episode. Can you remember who our first guest was? I think, was it? Yeah, I think I do. It wasn't Eric Gabriel. It was Eric Gabriel of Melfest and backing dancer for Dorados space. Here we go. This is the Euro trip. Hello and welcome to your <laughs> brand new Eurovision podcast. Brand new. You're listening to the Eurotrip. I'm Rob. And I'm James. 
Now, my European journey began, I think, back in 2006. The monster rockers of Lordi and Finland, of course, winning the contest. Also, this is a lie, because since, uh, since this yeah, time, I've said my first memory is 2004. Yeah. For me, my journey in this crazy world called oh, Eurovision began. I sound so uninterested. <laughs> maybe you were. Maybe you were doubting your decision to get involved. Since then, I've been lucky enough to attend the contest in 2018. Lovely Lisbon, of course. <laughs> Lovely Lisbon. Lovely Lisbon. You Side program and Melody Festival over in Sweden. Little did we know then how much joy and trouble Melody Festival would bring. <laughs> oh, honestly, I sort of cringe listening back to that. I sound so uninterested and just there's just no energy to it whatsoever. It's like pre- presenting a Eurovision podcast was a chore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thankfully, thankfully, times have changed. And thankfully for all of you who were listening back then and are still here. I mean, wow, quite frankly, because you've, you've put up with a lot. But if you're still here now, a huge thank you. I mean, James, I'm going to put a call out here for anyone who listened to that first episode and is still with us. So anyone that listened to that first episode of what I'm going to say, the Eurotrip Reborn. Yeah. But reborn in the way that... I don't know, say the second child is always more attractive than the first. <laughs> Says Rob as an only child. <laughs> Says Rob as only child. That was a compliment to you. You have a you have a, a twin, and were you not born second? Well, no, that's backhanded, because I was born first. <laughs> oh, well, I say, actually, no, he is quite attractive, to be fair. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, a call out for anyone that listened to that first episode back in August 2020 and has listened to every episode of the Eurotrip since, please make yourself known at Eurotrip Podcast, Twitter and Instagram or send us a little email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. Oh, what a journey that was. Honestly, I loved all of the, the old stuff, but that last clip, oh, that was a struggle. Oh, wow. Yeah, do get in touch if you, if you were a, an original listener or imagine this, Rob. Get in touch if you were an original listener back when it was on student radio. (laughs) Did you listen to me try and be cool when I was at uni before I fully embraced everything Eurovision? Oh, that was fun, wasn't it? I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. I appreciate that sounded very different to episodes that we usually do. But I had a lot of fun listening back to that. And uh, James, I hope you did too, because I know that's the first time that you've heard, I was going to say, a lot of that. All of that. All of it. All of it. Yeah, it was rather self-indulgent, wasn't it? But in a good way, I hope. I hope you enjoyed that, because I really enjoyed it. It was all new to me. It was all new to you, of course, listening. So hopefully you enjoyed that just as much as I did. It was uh, It was funny to laugh at, especially at Rob's first hockey report from Steve Oh, I'd, forgot, I'd forgotten we did that earlier on. <laughs> yeah, well... We must say, before we say goodbye, and hopefully you've got this far and you're still here listening now, there is a secondary reason why we decided it would be apt on the podcast today to look back, because that gives you a little idea of what we're going to be doing on the Eurotrip podcast when we come back properly next week. So you've already heard from next week, full steam ahead every single Wednesday between now and the contest (laughs) in Liverpool in May 2023. We'll be here and we'll be doing something very special, James, because we will be doing what we always do. We'll be giving you the very latest news. We're chatting to some of the best guests. We'll be chatting to you guys. We'll be bringing out everything that you've been doing and every time you get involved with us here on the podcast. But we will be debuting... Rewind. I needed I needed one of your old big voiceovers to announce that. So each week we will be rewinding the clock and celebrating some of the most iconic years 
in the history of the Eurovision Song Contest. So we'll be doing that, as I said, at the same time as chatting to some of the best guests and bringing you all the latest news. But in Rewind, it is a real chance for us to take a little deep dive. We know how much you enjoyed James's documentary when he was looking back at the UK's 25 years since they last won the Eurovision Song Contest when we released that as a bonus. So think that, but think wider. Could be anything. Absolutely. And also, scaled down, let's just say. They're not going to be... <laughs> it's not going to be that level of production. That took me months to put together. So we're doing this week by week. Well, so... you couldn't tell. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be uh, looking at some of uh, some of the biggest, some of our favourite Eurovision contests, uh, Eurovision Song Contests from the from the history, um, from, from from history, from the history, from the history <laughs> books. I'm sort of mismatching those. Uh, and chatting to some people who were there, chatting to some people who know all about them, and just to find out a little bit more about those contests that exist just in our memories and perhaps even before some of our memories. Just think of it as, uh, you know, hanging out with your mates, me and James, and you might get to learn a thing or two about the history of the Eurovision Song Contest at the same time. What could be better? So, as he says, we'll be back in seven days' time uh, for your brand new episode of the Eurotrip. In the meantime, don't forget you can keep in touch with us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. And you can read some of our exclusive stories as well on EurotripPodcast.com. So make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. From me, Rob, thankfully not the Rob in 2011 doing a hockey report, but from me, Rob, here in 2022, it's goodbye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.